if you see me moving around stuff, that's uh, because I'm not giving my cat the attention she wants right now. <laughs> so she's uh, she's in the midst of everything. Cats can be demanding sometimes. They can be. Yeah. And um, she's a sweetie, but she can tell I'm focused on something else. So she, she needs yeah. to get in the way a little bit. Yeah. I've got a couple of dogs, but they're, uh, they're sleeping back here right now. So... <laughs> Welcome to Conversely, the show that's like a journey into the cosmos, except instead of stars and planets, we're exploring ideas, opinions, and insights. I've got three wonderful guests that I'm excited to introduce to you. First up on, I'm just gonna go in the order, they're on my screen here. Wesley Baker is an entrepreneur, a founder, a podcaster, a blogger, and he says he thrives on adrenaline, revels in adventure, and enjoys bringing imaginative concepts to life. That sounds pretty impressive. You do a lot of stuff, it sounds like. I do. I, I'm extremely stressed. <laughs> extremely stressed. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do a lot of stuff and I always have done. And, and in, in my working life, I guess, it, the old saying was I could do in, in, in one day what most people would do in seven days, you know. So, uh, and, and I've always competed in sports and, and things and, and found that. That's, that's actually probably guided me right from high school all the way through. And uh, yeah, I do everything, really. I, do, I have a guy everything. But I'm getting old now. I'm that's kind of what I I, I, I I do a little everything. I have a go at everything. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Cool. All right. And then next up is Olivia North Crotty, who is a fiction and short story author, poet, lyricist, singer and guitarist, sketcher, painter, <laughs> a lot of things. And... Uh, are you a student at Rutgers? Is that right? I am, yeah. Um, yep, I'm in my junior year, so I'm halfway through starting the final final half, which is uh, it's, it's going so far. <laughs> All right, and then finally we have Caitlin. Finally, we have Caitlin <laughs> Filippi. I'm going to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Caitlin is a 3D printing content creator. You have a, a YouTube channel where you do lots of stuff with 3D printing, right? Yeah, as well as a podcast, the Meet the Makers podcast? Yeah, yeah, so uh, most of you, you probably can't see right now, but we have the, the 3D printer behind me, and uh, yeah, exactly like you said, I do mostly 3D printing educational content, and then I bring on other makers, so everyone from 3D printers, artists, uh, anybody who makes anything at all, and uh, we come on, we talk about their process, and uh, give people more ideas of how to be creative. That's really cool. All right, so we've got some pretty diverse backgrounds here, which is the idea of conversely, because people will have converse opinions if they have diverse backgrounds. But uh, we've got some some experience with some tech stuff and some AI stuff amongst you guys. You guys have some experience with AI. I know, Wesley, you've done some stuff. Your your business does some AI stuff, right? Yeah, I've, uh, <laughs> I've got a generative AI company, um, startup where it's three years in now um the way it's heading it's uh, potentially a, a unicorn business to be honest uh we've got google and amazon involved in in different stages of it um and uh it, it, it's it's good i mean I've, I've i've seen a lot of change in the last year particularly since uh chat gbt came out um everyone said to me oh that must be really good for your business actually at first i thought it would be but it's actually quite negative in the fact that it's muddied the water so there's so many uh, competitors out there now that are, are using it as a third party. Uh, we, we have our own stuff, but we've developed our own our own software. And so, yeah, I've got a lot of experience in in AI, which is, which is great, and, and tech as well. So, uh, 
I, I come fully uh, fully armed. Nice. All right. And I think, Caitlin, have you done some stuff with AI at all? With You know, I'm more of a hobbyist. I like to dabble in it for sure. And uh, sure, in, my, sure. in the professional world, I work in uh, software. So we do a lot of integrations with it. Uh, a lot of like our APIs are driven by it. So uh, maybe not as, good, as expert level as uh, Wesley sure, is, sure. but yeah, definitely some dabbling. And, and Olivia, I assume all of your um, short stories and stuff, you just had chat GPT write those for you probably, right? <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> No, yeah, my my passion is is totally reliant on something. That's that what no the young passion. kids do these days. They don't do anything for themselves, right? <laughs> no, we're just too cool for that. Uh, right, no, right. although I will I, I will say um, I did use a bit of ChatGPT for an internship I did over this past summer, which was interesting because um, there's there's a lot of like morally gray stuff about um, AI and its potential uses and. Who gets mm-hmm. to use it and who gets to regu- um, regulate it too? Um, mm. So yeah, it was it was definitely an interesting experience. But we just used it to come up with like 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 first draft mockups of possible ideas, and then we do the actual writing of the ideas for like an article or something. It's like, hey, give me five ideas for an interesting article. Okay, cool. Here's what some you could write about. Here's like a starting point, and then we go off from there and actually you know use your skills <laughs> right use um, it for ideas and stuff that's a good idea yeah is re- it's, it's a good piece of software to be honest and, and i think it's only getting better um mm-hmm. and i think certainly around the world there's been a little bit of muddying in people's opinions of ai um mm-hmm. as to what ai is going to do is it's going to um it's as big as the industrial revolution if not bigger so it's going to change i i was in a conference last week and I was discussing this and and I don't want to get too heavy in this podcast but basically it's where we're going as as humankind uh, because society is going to have to change in 20 years time if everything works the way it's supposed to be with the AI where does money come into it where does work come into it in, in retrospect now, AI it's, it's going to remove jobs but it's also going to create jobs so there's this big argument oh, I'm losing jobs no you're just going to retrain in different different areas I um, mean along it wasn't too long ago when people were worried about losing their jobs as like, you know, buggy makers and whip makers for the, you know, because of the cars. And I mean, there's always, it always changes. There's always something new, right? The internet, look how much that changed everything. Not too long ago. So yeah, people were saying it was useless and you couldn't even, you know, why would you use the internet? Well, now practically, if you're not on the internet, then you're you're, uh, you're an antique on you. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, the way AI is, is developing and moving forward, it's going to be quite exciting. Um, I, I mean, I wish I was 30 years younger, to be honest, because I think they've got a great, great future ahead. Except, because I actually personally believe it's going to create a lot more life life experiences for everyone. You know, you're going to get more free time, you know, and you can do more exciting things. And you don't need to do that nine to five work. And that's why I would like to see it going. But I do think that's going to, society's got to change in some way. You know, it's got to evolve because we can't, we can't have the current, way society is is made with ai how it's going to change yeah Mm. yep and and, you know we're probably going to wake up in 10 20 years and it will have changed and you won't even it's kind of like with the internet it kind of feels feels like you know i'm old enough that when i was a little kid we didn't have the internet right obviously wesley you are too Olivia, no, (laughs) not sure on caitlin (laughs) but uh you know yeah 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 so but it wasn't like 
one day we didn't have it and the next day we did it kind of it was it was quick quick but gradual and it was sort of we woke up one day and we we're like oh everything is the internet now everything's connected now and um so it'll probably be the same way where we'll realize 20 years from now oh wow everything is in, influenced by ai and we didn't even necessarily know it yeah we saw it it was a drip drip i mean i don't know about you scott but my first experience of the internet was probably I had my first website. I designed my first website in 1994. Right around the same time would have been when we got uh, like a, a, an actual computer at home and had internet. Yeah. Yeah. Olivia's like thinking I wasn't even born then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I remember being like seven or eight and my dad showing YouTube to me. And um, my parents listened to all different kinds of stuff. So he was showing me like all of these like strange little videos from like little indie bands and i was like what 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 am i watching it's interesting but what am i watching <laughs> yeah yeah youtube was a huge deal when it was new i i remember yeah. gmail being a big thing and google and mm. like i was i was in college and gmail was a new thing and you had to have an invite from somebody to join mm. to create a gmail account you couldn't just go on there you had to get an invite from somebody else who had gmail and that was a big thing yeah do you remember when um uh, in the original search engines, you had uh, AltaVista, Yahoo, oh, yeah. um, GoTo, and all those. Um, you know, I was around at that Ask time when Jeeves. it was kicking off, and I was in Silicon Valley <laughs> when it was all, yeah, yeah, exactly, Ask Jeeves and all that. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, it's a shame. I, I kind of miss those days, actually, to be honest, because they, they were good days. They were fundamental frontier days, really. Yeah, but that's kind of where we are with AI now, I guess, right? Exactly. Same type of thing. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit different in the, the, the management of it, you know, it can be dangerous. So, it's how do you how do you look after it? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's a, yeah, it's a puzzling sure. question. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, like looking back, we look back twenty years ago on the internet, and you know, we kind of laugh at like early YouTube or early Gmail. But you know, that's where we are right now with AI. So it's kind of interesting to fast forward almost 20 years and like we're gonna look back at chat gpt and be like oh my god can you remember you had to type in a query it was yeah. slow like it's uh it'll be funny to look back you know we all think of, well maybe not olivia but the like the <laughs> dial-up modem sound and things like that and uh yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see what pieces of uh like currently that we think are just revolutionary are those things that we joke about in 20 years right yeah. for sure so here's the question for you guys um so looking to the future ai robots are at war with humanity okay and you are suspected of being a robot an undercover robot how do you prove that you're a human what would you say mm -hmm. to prove that you're a human and not an ai robot you know obviously if you aside from like cutting open your body and showing you have organs and stuff right <laughs> how do you prove that you're a human and not a robot man that's a tough one that is, that is very difficult. I wonder if if the emotion maybe, like if, if, I mean, if you're being accused of something and this is a pretty big accusation and maybe it's like a threat, it's not just like, are you a robot? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like, it's like we, we think you're a robot know. and we're going to execute you. So you better prove you're yeah. not a robot. Yeah. Once we execute you, then we'll figure out if you're a robot or not. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's but... like with the witches, you know, you put them, throw them in the lake, and if they sink, then they weren't a witch if they float their <laughs> yeah. Either way. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, maybe if you cried or you expressed, mm. like, something physical that maybe the robots had yet to have installed in them, like crying or even something like sweat or 
like little little details about people um that like a robot can probably replicate but you would at least hope that maybe other humans would be able to recognize in the same way that like people can sometimes look at ai art and be like that looks it looks good but it isn't it doesn't have something to it or especially with writing and as somebody who does writing i have actually asked ChatGPT to write a short story for me horrible (laughs) so you know i feel like it'd be in those little little human details either about like your actual physical body or about your abilities and you'd be like wait i can do this or i can i can show you that i can do this and you you can see the touches in it and i promise you it's human and i know that sounds weird to say but i promise you you've also got very very simple things you've actually hit on one thing there um if you think about hair on your body yeah and and if you get cold you get you get pimples don't you and 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 Mm -hmm. your hair blows no matter what we do with silicon robots and the trouble is on the emotion side of things that can be copied i mean now you can your voice can be copied and it will sound exactly i mean i could record you now olivia and do that in 15 minutes and (laughs) you know i could replay you back and you think you know you think i am olivia you know, if I did it, did it right. So the, the reality is that that can be mimicked, but physical interaction can't. Instant, you know, pimples appearing and blowing in the wind just that close. You know, if you imagine under a microscope, you couldn't do that. Well, you probably, no, you couldn't because it would be a neuro, neurological. Position. I mean, I can imagine that you could make a robot that would be able to imitate that. Well, right? hair moving. Hair moving on your body and, and, and pimples going up and down with a slight breathing against it. I don't know. You know, when your skin. I don't know. I don't know. Temp- temperature changes? Oh, I suppose you could do. But it, 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 can you imagine the engineering involved with that? Oh, yeah. It'd be difficult. Yeah. But, I mean, some of the en- some of the stuff that we can do now was, you know, ridiculous 10, 20 mm. years ago. And some of the engineering stuff they can do. Maybe it'd be so, alien technology, eh? Yeah, I don't know. It might be as simple as a sensor, though. But, um... Yeah, like, uh, like I mean, in the same way that you use, like, a, a stick to take your temperature, you just, you know, you put it into the, the AI. But, um, again, I guess there would also be the question of why would anybody make that kind of robot? Well, and the like, idea, you know, if uh, you're being suspected <laughs> of kind of an undercover robot posing as a human, then true, you presume true. that they've tried to make you seem, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like uh, Blade Runner, the movie, right? Like, the replicants, mm-hmm. they're... They're humanoid robots. They're supposed to seem like humans, but they're not. I think I've got a couple working in my company. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah, could be. <laughs> for, for me, I guess, like, I think about at least the current limitations that we see with it right now. And I know there's been so many times where I've run into um, something that I'm trying to query at is particularly ChatGPT, and it, it'll tell me, you know, it can't do that right now. And, uh, you know, I think maybe in the future, like, it's almost uh, it's like a reality check for humans of uh, there's depending on, you know, who's the creator, who's the owner and, you know, what is kind of driving, um, you know, what's seen as good or bad that the AI bots can or can't do. I think maybe that's like the the reality check for humans is I'm still able to, um, you know, talk about certain things that an AI can't do. Or there, I think there's always going to be limitations that are put on these uh these bots. So I think for me, that uh, would probably be the route that I would go at least today is uh, all the things that I try and do in chat GPT that it tells me that it's it's not capable of doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess whatever the limitations are at that time, try and exploit those. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I mean, that's a decision as well where humankind's going, isn't it? And do we really want to have these type of? <laughs> do you need to have a physically matching human being? Does it need to look and, and feel like us? Well, why why does that have to happen? Yeah, I mean, I can see legitimate reasons for making uh, a robot seem more human-like, um, as far as like having skin and hair and you know things like that. Um, mainly just to make it uh, make people relate with them better, you know, like whatever the robot is supposed to be doing, customer service kind of thing or companion or something like that, right? Where you'd want it to seem more human like. <laughs> I think that comes into an interesting territory that I, I always think about too. And, you know, we start to see things with deep fakes and uh, like voice generation becomes more popular. And, you know, it. I always wonder, like there comes a point in time maybe in life where the way that like we think about, you know, having a finite life and, you know, your family maybe doesn't have the opportunity to speak with you in the future. But, you know, maybe there's a world where there's enough of a digital representation of you online that AI could recreate that in a way. And it's almost makes you wonder, like, how would you even know in the future if you're really communicating with uh, what you think is reality, I guess. Uh, so that's <laughs> it's a wild place. They can already replicate voices pretty well. Yeah. yeah. There's some AIs yeah. that can imitate voices and it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Trust me, I, I've, I've got access to some stuff that is just mind-blowing, mind-blowing. Yeah. I just got an update on, on Photoshop, just happened yesterday. It updated and it said, hey, you can now do this thing. And, you know, I can take a picture of the mountains and I can say, oh, that, that house over there, I want it to actually be red and look like this and it just doop 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 and there's a new and yeah. oh erase this mountain over here and it extends and you can extend the it's amazing what mm. it can you know fake and it just looks looks realistic yeah i had that test version of that a couple months ago and i was fiddling around with that before it went you know live big time and mm -hmm. so it must have must have launched now obviously which is great fantastic yeah. it's kind of amazing so what's next then scott what's the next question or was that it <laughs> <laughs> well, so so we've talked about some physical things, right? Your 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 tears, your goosebumps things. But what if what if what if you're just chatting like this? What if you're not physically with the person? How do you prove you're a person and not a robot? I feel like the ability to comfort is very particularly human. And even if someone isn't good at it, that kind of awkwardness of not being good at comforting somebody is still, I feel like that'd be hard to replicate by an AI because an AI would have to know how to do it properly and how to replicate the emotional um, connection that you have with somebody, but then also maybe tone it down and consider like maybe someone's social awkwardness or how much you're actually supposed to know somebody. Like if you're too good at comforting an acquaintance, that's really weird. Um, but like like if you saw somebody crying in the bathroom and you wanted to be like a really, really cool in that moment and just be like, hey, you, are you okay? <laughs> you need you need some water or something, you know, like, like you don't really know what to say, but you, but you wanna be nice and help out. I think like any kind of situation where there's a lot of levels that your yeah, brain those, is those subtleties of once. social interaction among people of varying levels of acquaintance that makes sense yeah and, and culture and cultural as well yeah and culturally you know? yeah. yeah so so i'm sure, english so yeah. i have a 
a lot of things that are different to you Americans. You know, you three are American. Everyone thinks, you know, the British and the Americans are the same. We're not. We're, we're t- we are very different. In many, we, we speak similar language, but we don't speak, yeah. speak the same. Uh, even even different parts of the United States and the different parts of the yeah. UK can be completely different. Oh, yeah. You know, the northern UK and the southern yeah. and, and yeah. different parts of the US can be completely different. Yeah, exactly. Different, different, uh, different accents, uh, different personalities, even, you know, it's tremendous. Yeah, and different ways of interacting with people, you know, yeah. um, here, yeah. here, I'm in the Midwest, I live in Iowa. And, you know, you wave at random people driving by on the street you know that's the thing that the people do here you know uh you go up to a, it it kind of drives me crazy actually you go to a four-way not the waving but you go to a four-way stop and the first person there should be the first one to go and that's the way it works that makes sense yeah. mm-hmm. but there are always these people who come to the stop sign first you come up second and then you're waiting for them and they wave you through and i'm like thanks <laughs> but i wish you would just go and then I would go, and we don't have to have this. I'm gonna wait. Oh wait, you're waving me now. I'm gonna go. Just, just, just take your turn and go. I don't know. Anyways, and that's a thing that's completely different in other parts of the country. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing with with humanness and politeness. Like an AI might not be able to really think or replicate to be like, oh no, you go ahead. Like those weird little polite interactions that you don't need to do, but you do anyways, and then you kind of regret afterwards, or maybe you're just like, why? Oh, I should have done this better. I should have said this. Also to have like that yeah. backtrack of like, oh, never mind, maybe like the ability to overthink yourself. <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. very yeah. human and be kind of tricky to replicate. Well, I guess, Scott, I have to flip your question a bit for everybody here, maybe. And, you know, up to this point, we've talked about, you know, you, we're kind of living in this world where you have to prove that you're human. But I guess what does it mean to be human? And like, why is maybe that like the best thing to be? Is there something wrong? Like, I guess if you could have a relationship with AI and you got all the satisfaction out of it that you had with a human, that might sound crazy now, but like, why not in 20 years? Why not? What's, I guess, why couldn't that be okay? And why do maybe like people have to prove that they're human? Cool. That's a good point. I mean, in theory, couldn't you? You could have a point where you could have a relationship and everything else functioned as normal. And I'm talking about the private areas. That is a core. That's a real pushing question there, Caitlin. Well, I I did look online to see what other people had said about similar things. And um, some of the interesting responses I saw, somebody said, I am a robot. The assembly instructions are just written in DNA instead of Java. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean... Kind of, right? <laughs> What's like you said? What 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 makes you a human as opposed to a robot? Isn't it soul? Isn't it? Isn't it the soul? Soul. Yeah. That's the one thing you can't. Re- they, they think they never ever be able to replicate because we don't really understand it. I would agree. <clears throat> yes. I mean, there's so much we we know about science, but there's so much we don't know. And and you For know, sure. we, 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 there's a lot in in phenomena that we don't understand either. So. I think uh, that has got to be one of the things you can't replicate. So, I would agree, but that's also something that's hard to identify in somebody else. I guess, mm-hmm. right? As far as telling mm-hmm. a human and an AI or a robot apart, um, you know, a sufficiently you know, like Blade Runner type of robot where it looks like a human has skin and hair and everything. Like the soul part of it is the hard that's part. That's a judgment, to- then, isn't it? Because the it soul is, is yeah. what gives you the judgment, isn't it? 
Oh, that's what I always think anyway. I think there probably are ways to tell if someone, you know, the, the soul, the difference, but it's probably not one of those tangible things that you can really identify. I think Olivia was kind of saying, you know, like these subtle things that you just kind of, that doesn't quite look right. You know, that image just, I, I feel like it's an AI image, even though I don't really know why, you know, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, these subtle things that you're just like, ah, there's something about that person. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's the question of also like, well, then do you not need to come up with some kind of definition of a soul? Which I think the whole point of the term soul is that it's so abstract and you just apply it to each individual human has one. Um, and, you know, like there's like different like religious beliefs that try to like define the soul and what happens to it and maybe what it is. But then there's a question like, well, why can't a very, very intelligent program, maybe it doesn't feel emotion in the way that humans do, but maybe it has its own version of emotions. And um, I guess it's like, then do we look for the AI to prove that those emotions are valid in the same way that a human's emotions are? And then, you know, people have always used different reasons to discriminate against different people. So then it's like, well, do you, do you consider them another species? Do you consider them like an, like an extension of humanity? Are they their own thing entirely? How do they want to define themselves? Like it, it, it's just like, it's a completely different world of, of, of things to consider and interactions and maybe trying to push the boundaries as to what do we actually consider ourselves first? And then should ourselves be like the first thing we think about when we're thinking about like a whole new type of person and personhood into soul. I think, uh, you know, going off what uh, kind of what both of you had said, you know, how did having children happen in the future? And I guess, again, you know, we're talking in the world where robotics are highly advanced, but again, like, why not? AI is here to help us. And I think that's going to open up the doors to really like be a catalyst to fast forwarding how uh, we can work on technology. So let's say it is like, if the whole, like, if the four of us right now, we could be AI all talking to each other and we wouldn't know the difference between it. Maybe there comes a point where the whole world is uh, just AI people uh, and it's, there's not the humans that we think of nowadays. Um, and maybe that's just what the future of uh, humanity looks like. It's it's not humanity as we think Evolution. Right now. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting, a uh, uh, sort of related but interesting uh, hypothetical thing too. Let's say you time travel to the future, five hundred years. I don't know, right? And and there's people similar. You know, it looks like the future, but it's people. Would you know if they were people or if people had gone away and it was just <laughs> robots that looked like people? Would you know that? I don't know. I think uh, you know you they probably wouldn't waste time on all our humanly things that we would waste time on, right? Like you wouldn't have to sleep or eat or, uh, I mean, if they've been programmed, if they were initially programmed to simulate people and to pretend to be people, would they continue pretending to be people and doing all those things? I don't know. Well, would they have restrooms? <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> I bet if I had to guess, I think it would phase itself out over time. I think, um, I think so, you know, yeah. I think eventually it would just become something that it wasn't it wasn't needed and it wasn't normal. And uh, I think maybe if you fast forward in 500 years, uh, the world would look similar, but very different. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think 
I think, to be honest with you, humankind tends to have a fear factor about things it doesn't know. And, and sure. perhaps we're looking at this all wrong. Why are we even considering robots that do this and do that? We don't do it. Do we need that? You know, do we just need software on a machine that does it? Well, I know Tesla is working on building robots to do a lot of manual labor stuff, um, especially repetitive tasks that are more dangerous for people. So that's a good use for him. And today's news as well, isn't it? He, he's uh, asked, um, Elon Musk's asking for... Oh, the Neuralink. Yeah, the Neuralink, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Scott, I'm a little suspicious at this point. I'm starting to think that this is your way of telling us that you're actually the AI in the room and uh, that's what we're... The big climax of the show is, is that we find out that you're actually the robot. I, when you said we could all be AIs right here and not real people, I was thinking, <laughs> oh, man, that would have been cool if I could have had an AI <laughs> as one of the people. But, yeah, I don't think it's quite yeah. advanced enough yet to, uh, I don't know. Is is there an AI that's advanced enough right now that you could, I mean, they can simulate video and they can chat, right? Could we have yeah. created a person that would do an hour-long podcast with several people and they wouldn't know? Uh, I think in certain labs, yes, there is. I feel like, though, there's also the question of just because you can doesn't mean you should kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, exactly. Especially with a Neuralink. Like, I don't watch you in my brain. I know you could probably make something that gets into my brain, but please stay away from my brain. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think part of the idea with the Neuralink is I, mean, I don't know too much about it, but I think part of the idea and the reason for doing it is uh, like paraplegics and such. Yeah, um, disabilities. disabilities, yeah. yeah. I, 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 amputees, you can put a you know a, a robot hand that they can actually control with their mind. I think that's the general yeah. idea, right? I hope so. <laughs> you know, while we while we while we try to put artificial into a, a, a natural brain that is underutilized at this moment in time. I mean, we're finding things in DNA. We're finding things that are switched off. Why are certain things switched off in our DNA that shouldn't be? But, um, you know, there are there are creatures, animals and um, reptiles and everything that regrow limbs and stuff, you know. Now, mm-hmm. we've probably, very much, it depends on your religious take and everything else, but if you go by evolution, then we should have the same same mechanisms in the human body. But we, it's, it's switched off. So why is that switched off? Yeah, and I wonder if some of those animals that can regrow limbs and such, if their limbs are—I mean, I'm—I don't know. I'm not a—I'm not, I'm not a biology <laughs> person. Are they a little bit more simple? I guess to you know, like an arm with a hand, like that's pretty complicated to regrow that as opposed to like uh, I think some animals that have a tail or things that they can. Re- I don't know. Yeah, but you look at a, lob- a lobster or a crab that they would grow their legs. I mean, the only thing we the only thing we got different is a thumb, which is a pretty big difference. I mean, that's that's yeah, a is. huge. That's, that's a big. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't have a thumb, that would make a big difference. Yeah, but and the ability and the ability to talk. Yeah, talk, and I think uh, probably related to talking is I think the, the there's some. It's hard to define exactly, but our ability to I guess think about things, like to even talk about what the differences are. And mm. to think about how we're different, you know, um, I don't think my dog <laughs> understands that he's different than me. You know what? I, like he knows he's different, <laughs> but like, I don't know if he really understands that in the same way yeah. that we do. Well, my dog, she thinks she's human. It's as simple as right. that, you know. <laughs>
But I'll tell you what AI could be used for and robots could be used for effectively, which is exploration. Mm-hmm. That's where we really could do it because obviously if you're sending out robots and anything out to space, there's not, they haven't got the, the issues that humans have. They haven't got the, the deal with the radiation, they haven't got to deal. And I think that, that, that could be very, very interesting, really, particularly if you're looking at in the future in mining on the moon. And of course, a lot of conspiracy theories will say you'll dig, you'll dig a couple of feet into the moon and, and hit a hollow hole. So, it's made, so that'll be interesting. Isn't it all just made it? of cheese, right? Is, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, we gotta, but, we no, gotta leave mean, our flat earth and go get the cheese from the moon, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wesley, you bring up the really cool point though of using like AI or robots to, yes, explore the universe, which would be awesome. But then also something like, um, like the deep ocean. Like we only know like 10% of what's actually in our own ocean Mm. and um, or it could be used to, I don't know, like why not do that and also like help with climate change, Um, you know, like research um, where they can go out into the middle of nowhere, get work done in like a half hour in comparison to taking out a team maybe uh, to see like what kind of uh, renewable energy can we put here. Or um, setting it up and getting it done quicker. And we definitely need things done quickly. And now, <laughs> um, the sooner the better. So, yeah, I think it has great applications. And I, you know, I feel a little disheartened when people with so much, like, like you know, these big tech minds are doing like, we're going to make something awesome. And everyone's like, cool, what is it? It's like, we want to make hoverboards <laughs> or something like that. It's like, well, that's that's fine. <laughs> but we have so much else that really needs to be done. Are you doing anything about that? Like, yeah, we have like a 30-year plan that we're going to quietly drop. You'll never know about it. Um, yeah, but I, I think it could, have, it could have great applications. It'd be so cool. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think this, I don't, your generation, uh, I really believe you're going to make a difference because I think that the generation above me, my parents' generation, have basically ruined the planet, I think in realistic terms uh, and and I think you know we need to be looking at ways to really change that I think uh, to both your points too you know Wesley I know you spoke about you know past generations maybe um, they didn't have maybe if we look at it in the best way the resources to um, care about more high level things that we do and if we think about like hierarchy of need I think that's what's really exciting about AI is um, to your point, Olivia, it opens up uh, the possibility in the future for us as we have more of our basic needs met and more of the basic foundational research and legwork that we typically have to do when AI can do that. I think it opens up the ability for us to focus a lot more on uh, things that would have never been possible if you're you know, trying to meet basic needs or trying to solve basic problems or um, you know, even just like the invention of a calculator, how much that opened up. Uh, the ability to fast forward how we worked. So I think AI is really going to um, just open up for humanity and the world beyond humanity to um, explore projects that would have never been possible even for us today, which is, I think, really exciting. Very good point. Excellent point. Yeah, and I think there's so many things that robots could do. You were talking about basic needs. I mean, what about you look at some places where they don't even have clean water and stuff and you need to dig wells and like, you know, it's going to be a lot safer for a robot to go somewhere and in in some, you know, country in Africa that's in civil war and dig some wells for the local people than sending in a team of people. So, 
yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Now I'm going to say something that's quite um, quite <laughs> current, but we're actually seeing AI now and technology like that being used in war. And, and there's a sad truth to the whole of human history, and that is that humans have only ever advanced after conflicts. You know, the advances that we have today came from World War Two. Yeah. If you go through all the hundreds of years, you, you, you say the same things. All advances always seem to happen. Technology advances seem to happen in, in conflict. And isn't that sad? Well, conflict is a good motivation for making an advancement, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you've only got to look at the pandemic. I mean, you yeah. know, obviously there's lots of stories about the pandemic and everything else. But, you know, we if this pandemic had happened 50 years ago, you know, 25 years ago, actually, Scott, when we were younger, it would have it would have killed so many more people. Well, just like 100 years ago, the Spanish flu. I mean, exactly. similar kind of thing, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, so actually on the, I think it was the last, was it the last, maybe the last episode, two episodes ago, uh, we were talking about something else, but it came up, uh, a, a book or a movie, I can't remember which one it was, but somebody else was talking about um, where there was a war in the, the book, the movie or something. I think it was a book. And basically they had AI simulate the war they said okay this is gonna be this battle and ai is gonna simulate the battle and when the ai says you know joe and steve from side a were killed in the battle they would take joe and steve into a little room and euthanize them um so they had all their soldiers and they but they they didn't actually fight they just had all their soldiers and they had the ai simulate the battle and then whoever would have died died but they didn't have to actually fight so (laughs) that's kind of wild (laughs) Uh, you're talking about using AI and war and stuff. Um, that's kind of an extreme version of it. But they said this is what was going to happen anyways. Mm. So we'll just fast forward to the result of it and not have all of the other effects of actually. Why not just fast forward to the to the end result and then say, uh, and then say, uh, okay, you win and we lose. Right. Exactly. Why not simulate the whole thing and then say, oh, the AI says that you win. Yeah. You win. But, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but it was just reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah, that's way out, man. Yeah, that's way out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But there's lots of stuff going on now that you know, 100 years ago, people would have said that's way out. <laughs> well, yeah. just just this now, talking on talking on the screen. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, 10 years ago, you yeah. would have said that this. Oh, yeah. You know, this it was only the start of Skype and everything, and you were like looking at it and say, oh wow, you know. And now you're talking about podcasts and your own radio shows and your own TV shows. I mean, text messages were a big deal when they came out. And that was just sending some words instantly. And now we're sending video and, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it's just amazing how much things change so quickly. And we don't even know what we don't know (laughs) about 10, 20 years from now, right? Like we can look ahead 10, 20 years and say, oh, I think, you know, we're going to have self-driving cars, right? Okay, well. Maybe, yeah, because we can see that coming. But there's something that's 20 years from now, right now we have no concept of that's going to be a thing. But that that, that brings up the, the other potential issue of um, who gets access to these technologies and when. I mean, there's there's still a lot of parts of the world that are completely overrun by COVID. It's just where I think all four of us currently are now. It's something that's been handled. Um, or handled well enough where it's it's not such an imminent thing for us. Um, but, you know, like there's there's many other parts of the world that still doesn't have the enough of the COVID vaccine or doesn't doesn't have the um, like the, the government medical 
solid foundation that it needs to really handle a crisis still. So they're still in a crisis. And with all of these technologies, I think it'll be even more important for there to be like a global scale of unity and different countries working together to make sure everyone gets access to something that's that could be so hugely life-saving and life-altering for the better. Um, one one, yeah. one of the things I've always thought, Olivia, and it's it's a little bit controversial in the United States, but one of the things I've always thought of is healthcare is should not be a luxury. It should yes. be. <laughs> it should be yeah. a permanent given, no matter yeah. what what how rich you are and how poor you are. Um, mm -hmm. And in, in the UK, it was very much like the US system a long time ago, and then that changed to a national health system and and um, I know in Americans you call it a, a socialist system, but it's not a socialist system. That, that, that's a misunderstanding of politics. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a system that it that that that, it, that you know, we pay for it, and we pay similar to your to what you pay privately. But mm -hmm. the thing is, uh, we don't go around shopping for the different companies to to, to to do it, and whether they take acceptors and everything else, it's just free. You just go in, it's done. You know, so and and your prescriptions. You know, we we pay a small small charge for prescriptions. Some people get them free if they can't afford them, but you know, all that's done and. I think that is a given for, and, and in the world that we live in today, that should be a given for everyone. And I know it's politically thing, but it really should be a given for everyone. And in a lot of the world it is. So I don't understand why certain countries, like the United States, for example, doesn't do that. Yeah, I think the United States is one of three countries that doesn't have um, universal health care for its citizens. Yeah, which is, it's it's very disappointing, I really got to say. it's It's really unfortunate. Well, and some people would extend that to lots of other technologies, too. Like some people would mm -hmm. say that access to the Internet should be a given right mm -hmm. to everybody. And, yeah. um, you know, other similar types of things. You know, are you going to say access to AI should be a given? Everybody should have access to, you know, I, I, everybody's got a different kind of where they fall on different uh, different types of things that should be a right or shouldn't be a right. And, you know, housing, should you have should it be a right that everyone has a house? Different people have different opinions on that too. So I think as we get more and more technology, there's just going to be more of those debates kind of like the healthcare thing. Like, should everyone always have access to this or Which is what I said yeah. at the very beginning. The very beginning of this conversation, I said there's going to be some massive, has to be massive decisions that change in the next 20 years, 20, 30 years, they have to be. That comes a whole full circle, Scott, on what we were talking about at the very beginning. Because AI will benefit us as, as humankind, and it's just what we as humans choose to do with it. And then the economic changes that have to happen in society, um, you know, that, that I think humans are their own worst enemy sometimes, and that's what worries me. I guess, uh, you know, going off of uh, what you said, I know we've talked about it in the, the healthcare space specifically, but I think the internet, we see it every day, but like AI, I think it's also going to help in the sense that like the world's shrinking a lot. I mean, a hundred years ago, Wesley, I mean, you're kind of the odd one out, but we would have never talked to you, most likely. I mean, it would have been a very difficult thing for us to all be having this conversation, two of us. Would have been pen yeah, we would have had tails, exactly. But yes. there wouldn't have been um, any way for me to even know about you and that you exist because I found you on the internet. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. how would I have even had a connection to you in the first place? Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I'd have been so lucky, Scott. Damn. <laughs> <laughs>
Sorry, did you? Did, I don't know if you, did you finish what you were saying. We kind of jumped on you. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. I mean, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think we'll see that with AI too. I mean, um, you know, the world it's it's becoming less and less segmented over time. I feel like at least. I mean, I work with teams all over the world, and uh, we're able to communicate. And I think um, you know something that really interests me with AI is. Um, the possibility to like auto-generate uh, captions in different languages or auto-translate, I think that becomes really interesting where a conversation that, again, would have never been possible in the past um, now opens up. And I think, you know, maybe the news or maybe uh, society wants us to think that people all over the world have very different viewpoints. And I think fundamentally people all want very similar things. And I think uh, as the ability for the world to communicate more openly opens up, I think that could be a really positive thing for humanity. I mean, let's face it, you could walk down the street now in, in any any country in Europe or Asia or wherever and put out your phone, put out Google Translate or another Translate software, and you can talk into it and it can talk back to that person and tell you exactly what you wanted. It's, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> it's not going to be perfect, but it's good enough to communicate, and that's well, that makes a huge getting, difference. It's getting good. I mean, it's, it's getting, getting really good. Yeah, 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 it yeah, is. for sure. It's spookily good. I will say, Google Translate still has a long way to go. Oh, with... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And that's that's going to be. But it's good enough to let you communicate <laughs> with somebody. If you yeah. if you were just dropped in a random country, it would it would be pretty good. Yeah. Um. If any of you are Hitchhiker's uh, Guide to the Galaxy fans, I'm waiting for the babble oh, fetch yeah. to Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. For sure, yep. <laughs> That's actually what I was thinking is uh, another good use for a robot is as a translator, right? Yeah. A universal translator, kind of like C-3PO, right? Yeah. Was, <laughs> <laughs> that, however many millions of languages too. he knew, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but But probably not in a walk around robot type of person more of a <laughs> no, yeah. handheld or a babblefish kind of thing yeah which is another interesting thing of the past is they thought if you were to have a translator it would have to be a complete humanoid being right walking <laughs> alongside you they're right. like no, not on your open phone, the phone or... on your app <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. App on your phone yeah well because you know computers i mean used to be huge right i mean the idea of a computer right here yep is ins- I mean, even like we said 20 years ago, insane, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, my mother, 84 years of age, used to work for IBM, and she likes to remind us all the time. And <laughs> she struggles with the computer big time. But she argued for years, I worked for IBM, I know everything. When she worked for IBM, she was running around a room the size of a massive building, putting wires in. That was IBM that she worked for. Wow. Not, not like you say, the size of a phone. Bless her heart, she was just trying to say that she understood it and she really had no clue what was going on. And I don't know, I don't know your age, Scott, but I, I feel I'm on, the, I'm on the peripheral, you know, I'm on the edge. But there are people just a few years older than me that really, I think, struggle with technology. They, apart from their phone, they are struggling with computers and everything. So that's quite shocking, really, when you think about it. Yeah, and sometimes I wonder, so... So I, I I was I was born in 1983. So there you go. So now you know. Oh, oh I'm 71. So yeah, I'm not so, 71. I mean, I was born in 71. So that, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. So that that and that 10 years or so difference could is, is a big difference on your how much yeah. you experience technology when you were younger. So yeah. Uh, you know, I was in middle school when we got our first computer. So you know, I kind of grew up without it, but not completely. And yeah, I do find it interesting how how difficult it is for especially older people to learn new technology. And sometimes I wonder how much of it is just, I don't know what this is. I don't like not knowing things. Mm -hmm. I'm not even gonna 
try to learn. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've, I've experienced it, and I've started, and it's been actually quite shocking. And and I'll I'll, I'll tell you a real truth here. I probably shouldn't do, but but I find it a little bit overwhelming now, particularly since COVID. COVID hit me back, so I nearly died from COVID. But the the reality was that my ability since COVID to multitask the way I used to, it's not there. So I have got overwhelmed now with the speed of the advancements that are going on. And I find if I take two or three months off, I'm scared I won't be able to get back. And that's that's my fear. Yeah. That is mm. my fear. Yeah, and I think that's part of it too. If you have that gap where you're not keeping up, now you've got that hurdle to get over. And I think that's the other thing with some older people. You know, things are new and they're like, yeah, that's that new thing, whatever, that internet thing. And then all of a sudden, oh, now it's a big deal and I need to learn it, but I haven't been keeping up. And so now you've got all this catch up to do and it can be overwhelming. And I think a lot of times people just would rather just say, ah, I'm too old. I don't get it. You know, I can't understand it instead of actually, it takes a lot of work to, to if you took three months off, you could get caught back up, but it would be a, a lot of work. It, it would. And it's scary as well. It happens so quickly. So, you know, you're, you're 10 oh, years yeah. behind me, Scott. Uh, and, and so this is what's coming. I'm warning you. I know. This is I know. This is down the <laughs> yep. Well, I already have a little taste of it in that, you know, with the language thing. Like, yeah. my kid, and this is the mm. true for every generation, right? But the mm. things that my kids say, some things, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> but I try to learn and keep up because otherwise you do get too far behind and then you'll never catch up. So, yeah, it's all the abbreviations, they're talking code. I go to Google and I type in, what does this mean? Just to understand. And I say, well, why don't you just say the word? Why do you have to say this new word for? No, well, that's the cool word. I said, but no, that, the original word was perfectly fine. It worked fine. Yeah, my son comes in and, what do you think of my new shirt? Is it drip? I'm like, I, it, it looks dry to me. It's not dripping. What are you talking about? You know? And when I tell so, you now that maybe drip wasn't as cool as it was maybe when you'd heard your son use it like, six months ago or whatever you know? right right because it it's always changing yeah i mean even with my own generation um caitlin i don't know what generation if you're if you're also gen z um yeah i'm a millennial like, so i'm a little oh little cool older. all right I'm, I'm technically a millennial i'm right like the oldest millennial basically oh, okay so we're really on opposite like, ends of the spectrum i don't really then. feel like a millennial but i don't really feel like i fit with the previous generation either i'm kind of that weird in between so yeah yeah yeah, but um, I mean, even for myself, like I, I'm I try not to be on the internet too much, and yet, of course, like probably everyone, especially older generation, will argue, where I'm on the internet too much, probably. Um, and yet, even even I like I'll hear things that my friends say, and I'll just start to pick it up through context clues, and then it'll be something fun to use because you know they're all just um like speaking in like dumb memes and stuff like that, and it's it's fun, <laughs> mm -hmm. but even like. I'll be like, what are you talking about? And they're just like, hey, you're so behind. You're not in... What do you mean you're not on Instagram for like six hours of your day or something? Um, I'm like, shut up. I have a life. Like, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's so quickly evolving. And then there's also to go into like the, the fear of not understanding how to use technology or even how to speak to younger generations. I know my generation doesn't at all really quite feel like that i mean maybe a little bit with gen alpha becoming more of age where they're now the ones mm -hmm. on instagram and twitter or x excuse me uh <laughs> and um in fate or not facebook but 
we'll, we'll, we'll use that for career stuff anyways later on. It's how it's how we interact with the olden people on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> um, but uh, my, my point being, it's not something that my generation will be fearing, but I feel like in like maybe give us like 10 or 20 years and suddenly we'll be like, oh, oh we need to keep up with things now. Mm-hmm. But because things are moving so much faster, we might actually experience that sooner um, in comparison to generations now where it may have taken more time to experience that distance and that fear of the unknown. I had problems at, at airport uh, before the pandemic and, and I was really frustrated. So, and I used Twitter, it wasn't called X then, it was Twitter. And uh, I used Twitter to, um, you know, to, to raise the point where the hell was my luggage? <laughs> and I was so surprised within, within a minute of that going out, just with a hashtag to the, uh, with an app to the company, the airline, they came back and said, we just offloading your luggage. You'll be with you in a minute. And I was like, that is great service. I mean, you couldn't get that if you even went to a counter. That was perfect. And that's where social media and technology can really work to, to the beneficial people. Well, and AI too, I think with, um, you know, they've already improved a lot with routing of airplanes and luggage and things. But a- that's a thing where AI can help a lot with transportation and routing things and making it more efficient and keeping things from getting lost and... I think AI can help a lot with that kind of stuff. And as we're going towards self-driving cars and they're talking about flying cars, there's a company that's got approval to test some flying cars. And I mean, I think one of the biggest things about flying cars in my mind is like, you already have to go through all this training to be a pilot, to fly a plane. How are we going to have everybody with cars that fly, right? Well, they're going to fly themselves. That's how you're going to do it. And so. (laughs) Also speaking as somebody who lives in Jersey, and um, I'm actually going to be getting my license soon. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I should have already gotten it, but that's a whole different story. I was going to say, aren't you in at the junior? I am. I am. Yeah, I have, I have my permit. Um, Unless you have, graduated really early, you should have had your license already. <laughs> no, no. Um, COVID partially got in but the way But you live in Jersey. so Because it's Jersey driving and it has its own reputation for being pretty chaotic. And then I have a friend who also lives in Jersey and she did an internship in Florida she said even that's crazier. So I do not want to be in the air with those kinds of drivers <laughs> when it's already, right. you know, it, it already gives you enough anxiety being on the road around people who are just, who are ready to take the risk of like even just sideswiping you, which can freak you out when you're on the middle of the road and you're doing like 60 on a highway or something. Um, imagine having that in the air with the potential yeah. of crashing. <laughs> well, and also once you're in the air, you've got three dimensions to worry about on the road it's two dimensions right yeah and and so that gets even more complicated yeah i know a lot of people say they don't want a self-driving car because they don't you know trust the car to drive for them Mm. and i'm like yeah but do you want everyone else on the road to have self-driving cars because there's a lot of people who don't know how to drive very well and yeah coming out of their lanes and looking at their phones and you know i I, how do we get how do we get from where we are today to a point where the world is like that that's the thing. That's the difficulty thing because it's. I know it's gradually happening, but it has to happen at such a such a rate. It can't be a gradual thing. Otherwise, we'll still be talking about it in a hundred years time. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of gradual, but but quickly gradual, right? Uh, kind of like how the internet sort of took over everything. You know, I mean, it was gradual how things slowly got more and more internet. Have you been in one? Have you have you have you been in the self drive? Yeah, I I so I actually have a Tesla. Oh dear. Okay. I yeah, don't yeah. I don't have the full self-driving, but I've got the the autopilot and that's, you know, kind of a little taste of it. It's amazing. I went on a road trip this summer to uh the Great Smoky Mountains, so mm. it was, you know, multiple days there and a couple, you know, 2-3 days back and 
And on the interstate, you just hit a button and you don't have to, you know, every once in a while you got to touch the steering wheel to let it know you're paying attention, but it pretty much drives itself on the interstate until you get to an exit and then you got to do it. But I, I did that just recently in a Volvo. I, I've got a Mercedes and it went into the garage to, uh, to be worked on. And, and they gave me a, a, a modern Volvo for it to come out. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, that I thought I, just, I thought I'd just hit cruise control just like normal. I hit cruise control, the wheel moved, and that's it. <laughs> and it literally was driving itself. It was fantastic. Yeah. I always wonder about the uh, self-driving cars, if they're going to develop different styles or different cities. Because I've lived in New York and I've lived in Arizona. And I can say the drivers in New York and Arizona are two different breeds of people. So I think mm -hmm. you almost need two different driving modes for those. And that's yeah. another, you know, we were talking about robots imitating people. That's another situation where I know, I'm sure all of them are, but I know for sure Tesla with their self-driving, they're trying to imitate the way people drive. Um, mm -hmm. They've gotten in some trouble because their cars don't always completely stop at a stop sign, mm -hmm. like zero miles per hour. Right. But people don't. Yeah. People yeah. don't stop at a stop sign. They yeah. go, you know, they go two, <laughs> three, they go slow, almost stop. You feel like, yeah. oh, I stopped there and you go, and they're trying to make it drive like a person drives so that other people driving around, you know, the car acts the way you expect it to, right? But that, that, that's logical, though, because they originally built it to run by the rules. Right. And then I'm sure you saw where one, one of these cars, one of the taxis pulled over, a police car pulled it over, walked up to it, and then the car drove off. And then they chased <laughs> it down. And, and they were chasing it down, so, and then they realized there was no one in it. But it didn't drive off, drive off. What it did was the police pulled it over in a place that it shouldn't legally have pulled it over. Mm -hmm. So what it did was it, it then started and said, this isn't a safe area and moved to a safe area, which wow. is the correct highway code for that state. Wow. But the police officers were like causing this massive scene and guns out and everything else. <laughs> and so maybe that's going all the way back to identifying a person and a robot. You know, kind of what Olivia was saying is the, the robot might be do the almost too much the right thing, mm -hmm. right? You're a robot because you're following the rules almost too much. You're not quite acting the way a person would. You don't have those subtleties and those flaws that a person has, right? I hope that there's like a an ethical decision to not make AI and robots maybe so close to humans that it's almost indistinguishable. I think that could just spell out a lot of difficulties. Not to say that we couldn't handle them, because I think humanity is far more fluid and flexible than we like to give ourselves credit for. Um, but I think... Um, and, and always I, evolving, too. Yeah. Um, Human I mean, these things change language and everything so much. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, we already have so much we're trying to figure out and deal with now in a, a point in the world that has that's very chaotic in the best and the worst of ways and then bringing about again questions of like personhood and individuality and souls and all that stuff you know that's that is so complex and that would i feel like really shift the focus away from other stuff that already needs to be fixed and then on top of that it's like if you can have a program that is so human-like that you actually never have to interact with the like with the outside world and a lot of people already then turn to social media and they know it's unhealthy but it's also like the best like dopamine boosting temporary solution that they have that they keep using as a long-term solution temporary so I, solution i think that's a good good point is it's it's i've heard suggestions of you know like companion robots and things for older people who are in a in a, a nursing home and don't have people to visit them they could have a, but 
it also then means like I don't feel bad about not visiting grandma because she's got the robot that we bought her. Like I can just leave <laughs> yeah. her there with a the robot and we don't. It's yeah. So does it then further that disconnect between these people and others? Yeah. Something that would be interesting in the realm of, I guess, creating a, a human-like robot or maybe at least the human-like robot that can think for itself is maybe uh, if you could artificially create maybe historical figures or famous people. I mean, we I guess we kind of see this with concerts nowadays. They like uh, do projections of uh, artists and it's, it's some people love it and some people think it's weird. But how interesting would it be if you could have a conversation with any historical figure and uh, you know, maybe we can't backdate the people who we don't have digital records of, but maybe going into the future, you could give somebody in 200 years the opportunity to have a conversation with somebody prominent now or anybody now. You know, if you lose a loved one, you can like speak to them. be like Madame Tussauds on steroids, right? You go <laughs> yeah. To the museum and, <laughs> yeah. And Michael Jackson does his little dance and he's singing <laughs> yeah. for you instead of just a wax figure that looks like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oh, man. Such a money making opportunity there. That's uh, <laughs> somebody's got to. Jump on that one. Ooh, that could get kind of creepy, though. I mean, I feel like with um, like our focus on like crime podcasts and serial killers too, like people would be like, "Hey, let's replicate the serial killer," because mm. <laughs> I want to talk to them and like figure out why they did it. It's like I don't know if that's such a good idea. <laughs> or you find out something you really yeah. didn't like about like one of your favorite historical figures. Yeah, although I feel like, again, it's going to be kind of like what you said originally, Olivia, is that there's going to be something that just you're not quite, it's not quite going to be the same as the real person, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to yeah. be something that when you talk to them, you're going to be like, it's like when you go to Madame Tussauds again, they got this figure and it looks just like the person, but it doesn't quite look like a real person though, right? Like there's yeah. something about it that just... Um, that's missing. And I feel like you're going to have that same situation. You're going to be talking to him and you're going to be like, yeah, but this, this is a lot like a real person, mm -hmm. but there's something that's, and maybe it's the soul. Maybe that's the thing that's missing, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think, I think it'd be a great, maybe educational opportunity. Like I would sure. have adored it if like we had a field trip for my history class and like stop teaching me the same like U.S. history one class if you're going to teach this to me again, take me to like a Madame Tussauds, but they talk and they can have a conversation with you. That's kind of a thing we can do already because you can just have actors playing those parts, right? Yeah, true. I mean, you don't know any difference between this actor playing a part of Albert Einstein and a robot that's designed to be like, and, and it would be more, it would have that human whatever, je ne sais quoi, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is, the thing. Yeah, and an actor is going to have that. An actor is going to be able to handle the subtleties of the human interaction and the awkwardness of the human interaction and the the stumbling over not knowing what to say. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. an AI isn't probably going to start talking and, um, well, I think, uh, I mean, uh, you know, and, and stumble <laughs> over their words like, like a person would. Or you have a student saying, like what we do with chat GPT, perhaps being like, no, not good. Give me another answer. It's like okay <laughs> yeah generate again <laughs> yeah it's like it's like no this is you know this battle happened then no say it happened in 1812 yes i'm sorry you're correct this battle happened in 1812 <laughs> right 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 the, you start yeah, messing up the madam sure. <laughs> and there's also these kind of reactions between people where I, i've noticed it so as i've been recording these you know i'm getting people who i've never met before right mm. and i i can see a difference 
from when we start the recording till we mm. end the recording, mm. right? We're all a little bit more comfortable with each other. We've kind at first we were kind of like, I don't know, I don't know how old you are, I don't know what generation <laughs> you are, I don't, you know, this is I don't want to offend the Americans, but here's what I think, you know, these kind of <laughs> things. And now we've kind of figured out what what each other are like, and you know, oh, oh, she laughed at that. Okay, I guess it's okay for me to t- say that. You know, these subtle little things that evolve as you're talking with somebody that I don't think. It's going to be really hard for an AI to, to simulate that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about that, too, is like if the AI actually has uh, like a personality or morals, right? Or is it just playing to exactly what you want it to uh, be like? Well, I think isn't that another big issue with AI? I think it's called like the black box issue where even the creators of the AI don't know how the AI came out with its response. Um, and the more you ask of the AI... The, the further you get from even being able to start understanding where it got its answer from. Um, Wesley, you might know a lot more about that than I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, there was obviously the early instances where AI started developing its own language, so they went away and they came back, and, and one mm-hmm. particular company came back and found that uh, when they looked at the, the coding the next day, they mm-hmm. didn't recognize any of it, and it had been basically rewritten because the AI decided that it was uh, more efficient in doing what was being done. Uh, and we have ourselves seen our, our AI talking to other AI, and it's mm. quite it's, it's exciting. But it's also quite, you know, you, you're watching it, you think, oh, oh my god, you know, it's what's going on? Spooky. So, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting thing, very interesting, very interesting. Yeah, there's these big gaps. You know, I, I've done very little computer programming, but a little bit, a little bit here and there. I've done so for some websites and stuff, JavaScript mm-hmm. and some, I did Fortran in college. <laughs> That's how old I am. But there's like, I understand the idea of ones and zeros and how a computer is all ones and zeros, right? And I get that and I understand how binary works, right? Mm-hmm. And you, these are represented by these characters. And then I, programming a language, you know, like JavaScript or something, I can understand that. But like, there's a gap there that I kind of know, but if I think about it, I don't completely understand the gap, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Where it goes from the ones and zeros, and I get the concept, but there's such a big leap to then saying, you know, even just simple, if X is greater than five, then do this thing. Like I can type in English, (laughs) (laughs) but there's a gap there that I don't understand. And I feel like the AI has an even bigger gap where I kind of get the basic idea of like machine learning and stuff and what it's doing and then this comes out but (laughs) the in-between i I don't you know yeah there's a big jump there that we just kind of like it just does its thing but there is one thing on a on a positive note um olivia's generation and the generation below her as they come through they're growing up with this and they're used to everything And, and to them what you're daunted about now that's that's normal that's walking you know? But will they understand it more or will they yeah, just be more comfortable with not understanding it? No, no, no. They will understand <laughs> it. They'll understand it far more. I mean, you know, Olivia knows probably more than what you and I did in technology wise at her age, you know? Yeah. I wish, I wish my generation had more excitement than anxiety around the future um, because there are really cool things coming our way. But I think very often it feels overshadowed by the imminent big world problems that we need to do now and we should have already fixed like 10 years ago, but we haven't, again, namely, you know, global warming and climate change. And and some of that is the fear of the unknown, right? The future, you're always afraid of the future a little bit because you don't know, 
You don't know what it is. You don't yeah. know what's going to come. Yeah. I'm frustrated also with my generation and slightly above my generation that are still in power. You know, and it baffles me how all the political parties in all the countries, they go left or right, you know, and, and, and they're battling always left and forward and instead of actually concentrating on the policies that they need to be talking about. That's what really people want is policies and AI comes into that. And if they're not very careful, AI is going to sneak under the radar and, and become a problem because they're too worried about who's lying about what. Yeah, I think AI is just the new thing, though. You know, there was there's always been something that's been the new thing that the government isn't probably handling right or something, you know, there was there was nuclear weapons and there was the Cold War and there was, you know, it's just the thing now. And there will be something different for the next generation to be concerned about. <laughs> <Aliens>. I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that the world's ready for this yet, but do you think given the opportunity in place of a human that AI could make a better overall decisions and politicians have let loose to make the decisions. Yeah. The hard part is what is its, what's its goal? Exactly. Right? What is the, yeah. the AI's goal? Yeah. As pre- and, and you could say the same thing about people that are presidents and things is what's their goal as president, right? Mm-hmm. Are they trying to improve themselves? Are they trying to, you know, help people? I don't think what it's possible. Uh, maybe AI won't have, like we said, the soul earlier and everything else won't have. Someone's committed a, a basic crime, but that might see that's a crime and, and, and you, sh- you should die for it. And, and what yeah. right does a technology have to take someone's life? Yeah. Yeah. And no matter what, AI is still created by humans. And exactly. as we're seeing more and more, it therefore also has human bias because a human built it. And, you know, our society is certainly not perfect. It's certainly not equal or equitable still. So we have to be really careful about that. So if you were to put an AI in government... Um, I think it would probably make a lot of the same mistakes that we've made now, maybe make them in a worse way. I mean, not to get super nerdy suddenly, but like I think of like Ultron in um, like Avengers comics or even if you ever saw like Age of Ultron, the movie, um, you know, the, the problem with Ultron is that he's programmed to save the world, um, programmed to be the world's protector. And he's like, oh, well, the only way to save the world is to um, eradicate humanity. Like if, if I were to put chat GPT, I'm like, hey, well, how do you think a government should be structured? What, what would your constitution look like if you were to write one? I'd be very interested to see what it would come up with. It would answer you the, uh, with, with, with human answers because yeah. at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's, it's only scanned. It's only scanned every single website in the world and got all this content. Um, and it's using that. Mm-hmm. It's you know? trying to simulate. It's it's kind of being an actor pretending to be a person. Exactly. Like we were talking yeah. about actors playing. That's it's it's trying to pretend to be a person. It's very advanced. I'm not I'm not saying it's not yeah, advanced yeah, yeah, yeah. at all. I've been gradually I've been using it. What's been very interesting is the more I've been using it, the more it started to know what I'm after. All right. Well, I think we should probably wrap up here. I think we've we've decided that AI is potentially good potentially uh scary a little bit a little bit of fear of the unknown of what could happen with it and robots but definitely things are going to change in the future probably sooner than rather than later so it'll be interesting to see what happens you know we should uh you know 10 years from now we should go back and listen to this episode and see <laughs> see how much we were correct about what was going to happen it'd be I'll probably be a neurolink robot version there for sitting there <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it's all yeah. laughter and not 
sadness and crying and oh what right yeah hopefully we watch them back and say oh we were so concerned what were we worried about (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. that's um, yeah that'd be great if it was yeah president olivia once she got it the (laughs) age limit lowered down and (laughs) became president age 30 then we were we were good to go it's all a part of my master plan (laughs) right 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 is this your uh is this your announcement that you're running absolutely (laughs) push me into the office no i could i could never well, well, thank you all for joining me. Wesley, do you want to tell us where people can find you online? Yeah, sure. Well, personally, you can find me on the Wesley Baker. That's wesleybaker.com. Um, I just run that as a blog and everything else. And if you want my company details, then bluestrawberry.app. It's as simple as that. And it's a... Blue it's strawberry. A, yeah, bluestrawberry.app. And it's a... I like uh, strawberries. I don't know if I would eat a blue strawberry. I'd be well, concerned about Well, they don't really that, exist. They're scientific things. But uh, how it came about was that we're, we're in the county of Kent in the United Kingdom. And uh, it's the Garden of England. And all around us are strawberry fields. And that's where the name came from. Nice. And uh, yeah, so we, we, it's a creative, generative AI really for posting on social media. Uh, and really for blogs, particularly WordPress bloggers and stuff like that. But anyone that can use it. Uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah, anyone can cool. reach out. Nice. And Olivia, you've got books, writing, yeah, stuff you've got. Where where can people find your stuff? Um, if you, I, it's unfortunately currently it's pretty simplistic. You can um, purchase sure. a PDF copy of a short story I wrote, Mr. Gilgamesh, sir. It's paranormal fantasy. Um, that's on Amazon.com, or you can get it for your Kindle. Um, and uh, I'm in the works of writing a, a contemporary fiction novella. Um, I'm actually, well, I'm in, I'm in the editing phase. I'm hoping to get that out by the end of the year. And if you want to follow me and follow my um, kind of goofy trail through my writing and my art and a little bit of music, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, it's smilepop underscore 33. It's another goofy... Smile Pop underscore 33. Yep. Okay. It's, a, it's a goofy little name I came up with forever ago, and I haven't changed it since. <laughs> um, all right. Well, well, links to all of this stuff will be in the show notes. Oh, awesome. I'm okay. used to saying in the description below, but this is a podcast, <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah. it's who knows where. But show awesome. notes with this podcast, um, links to all those things will be in there. Oh, so, cool. Thank you very and, much. And I think you do some music, too. Did I see you have some music on Spotify? I, I do, yeah. I have three songs. It's just me and a friend. Um, yeah. I I've, I kind of spread myself a little thin with artistic stuff, but I'm always flip-flopping between them. So whichever one, if you have no interest in music, but you love art, you'll find plenty of that. No interest in art, but you love music, find plenty of that. Love writing, don't like either, you'll find plenty of that. So come for well, whatever well, maybe you're interested we should in. put. Maybe as we uh, end the episode here, we should play part of one of your songs. Oh, thank you. Which, whichever one you enjoy most. Okay. All right. We'll have we'll have one of Olivia's songs at the end here. Whichever one I feel like. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but you can find her on Spotify as well. Links links in all the places. Yeah. And, and Caitlin, thank you. where can people find your stuff? Your YouTube and your podcast and yes. whatever else. So if you're interested in learning about 3D printing, how the technology works, uh, find me at Misfit Printing on TikTok or on YouTube. Uh, if you're a creative, if you're a maker, if you're an artist, would love to uh, have you on the Meet the Makers podcast. Love you. Maybe we'll have to talk uh, after the show. But uh, that is also on YouTube, Spotify, all the places that you listen and find it. And if you just want to connect, if you want to chat, uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. That's usually the best place I respond at Caitlin Filippi. Uh, so yeah, thanks again for having us, Scott. Yeah, this is great. Thanks, everybody, for joining me. Lovely meeting you all. Great to yeah, meet you guys. You guys. Too. Thank you Pleasure. so much for this. Take care. Yeah.